Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Above the Bar podcast. For each week, we belly up to the bar with a new guest, find out what they do, who they are, and what makes them great. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Alrighty, oh, folks, welcome back to another episode of the Above the Bar podcast. It's your host, Sean. We have bellied up to the bar today. We are talking about something that I didn't know a lot about. I had to do a little bit of a research, but as we know, um, with a squirrel brain like mine, we only get so far, and uh, we, we do our best to make it happen. So we're talking about the United Nations Association tonight. Right? Somebody's got a little bit of a feedback going on. Got two mics, two mics feeding in. Is that you, Peter? Uh, we'll figure it out here. Let's see. I can always figure it out. It's the easy way. All right. So, oh, nope, that's not it. Let's see if it's that one. I don't know. I mean, is it? Uh, let's see. I th- I got. It. I think I got it. Let's see. But we're talking about it's a speaker feed. Yep. I I I figured it out. Tom, one of the somebody speakers feed. Feeding back. I think it's you, Dave. So we're talking about the United Nations Association today. And I, I didn't know this was a thing. I didn't know what it was. I had to do a little bit of research myself into it to figure out what the United Nations Association was. So we're going to be talking about that today. But we've brought back with us the most majestic, the beautiful, the stunning, the keeps me on my toes when I make mistakes at any given time. And you can ask all the politicians throughout California and they will tell you the same exact thing. We brought back with us today. We have Miss Kristen Mana. Oh my gosh, Sean, it's always a pleasure. I, I, I hope I don't step you up. I do have, I try to have interesting questions. I You keep I me on my toes. Okay. Okay. You keep yeah. me on my toes. And then we, we. I love your show. Thank you. So yep, Dave, I'm, I'm getting feedback on your end. Stick those headphones on. The feedback's on your end. On mine? Yep, two mics. Uh, and then we have with us the most dapper of all of us. I feel like I'm underdressed here at the bar today. I've only got my t shirt on. He is very stylish, a jet setter, uh, has probably the best title. That I, I've seen in a while because, you know, I, I, I don't have a type. You know, I thought I was good as a director of something we've brought with us today. The and this is, you know, and as you hear this, this is why this is going to make more sense, folks. We brought with us the vice chairman of the California GOP. Now, Peter, if I mess your last name up, you can you can correct me. Is it Coy? Can you hear me, Peter? Thank you, froze. Froze Peter. Froze him out. It's it's Quo. Peter Quo. Quo. Yeah. Mr. Mr. Peter Quo. It's uh yeah. You didn't know you were getting applause, did you, Peter? And he's got a pretty cool desk. I have to say. (laughs) It's Peter Quo, like Santa. Santa Quo. Santa Quo. I get it. I like it. Uh okay. You are Apple Podcast. Yes. Karam, yes, we're on. We have an Apple podcast. Yes. Can you hear me? I can. And we've brought with us, you know, the man who's going to be able to tell me everything about the United Nations Association. 
we we have with and he's got we thought we were just a regular bar he's brought his own piano with us today so we're actually a piano bar today we're no we're not dueling though we have with us today mr dave rice hello and can you hear me sean i can i'm still getting feedback from somewhere yeah i don't let's see keep keep talking dave say hello to me for a second no i've muted you out and every time okay. I mute you, when I mute you, I, I it cuts it off. So I don't know what where we're getting it from. If there's a second device that's uh, coming through, but we'll figure it out. So let's go ahead and get some housekeeping done real quick, folks, before we get too far into this. As always, if you've got something you're sporting, maybe you've got an association you belong to, whether it be an Elks Lodge, whether it be a Masonic Lodge, maybe it's another United Nations Association. There are 200 of them across the United States, and you're supporting one of those. Reach out to me on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, uh, Instagram, TikTok, even our email. It's all the Above the Bar podcast. Reach out. Let me know what you got going on. We'll, I'll tell you the address. We'll get your sticker up here on the uh, board behind me for sticker and a cause, and you'll get free advertisement for whatever it is that you're supporting. So make sure you reach out to us once again, like I said, sticker and a cause. The other side to this is, hey, maybe your media needs to be part of an association. Maybe your media isn't quite united of its own and you need a little support. Well, make sure you're reaching out to Media by Dibs. That's D-I-B-S, Media by Dibs. And you can find him on Facebook. Book, and you can find him on Instagram at Media by Dibs, or you can find him on LinkedIn at Andrew Dibble, D I B B L E, Andrew Dibble. And you mentioned to him that you're there to belly up to the bar. He's going to give you a 10% discount off of your first uh, order, and he's going to give you a free consultation. That's Media by Dibs. All right. So, Peter, I'm going to keep you muted until it's time for you to talk. Nothing personal, but we're getting a lot of uh, feedback on your end on that side. So kind of give I'm going to let you guys talk to me about what I'll tell you what I know about the United Nations Association from from the little bit of uh, research that I was able to do on it. It there's 20,000 members, 60 percent. This is what one of the things and, and I'd love to hear the feedback on why you. You all think this is this way. 60% of the membership here is under the age of 26 with 200 chapters across the country. And and it's all about global engagement. I I was super surprised. uh, You can't find him on on the podcast. Who who can't you find on a podcast there, Nate? I don't know what you're talking about. But (laughs) what really kind of surprised me on all this was the fact that there were so many young people. Dave, as the president of the of your chapter, and that's you'll see it scrolling along the bottom, folks. That's una-oc.org. I'll let you talk first. Why do you think there's so many young people involved in this? Yeah, okay. Can you hear me now, Sean? Oh, great. So, yeah, it's uh, it's really interesting. Young people today are really interested in the term sustainable. Anything sustainable is uh, uh, whether it's climate, the environment, um, you know, anything regenerative. Uh, Young people are very into it. And so what the U.N. is really known for today is for the sustainable development goals. And we'll talk more about that, I'm guessing, on this show. But to answer your question, those goals, which are basically 
the, the 17 goals that uh, has been set for the world to, it's called Agenda 2030. There are targets for each of the goals starting 2030, starting with ending poverty, ending hunger, quality healthcare, quality education, gender equality. Uh, young people are very attracted to these goals. And then as we'll talk a little more, uh, not only are they interested in them globally, but we are working on a program called Local 2030, which is applying those goals to our communities here locally. And that's where it gets really exciting. And we're getting a lot of interest from young folks in particular. Hey, I, I, I like what, uh, what Nate or what uh, my buddy Tom says. Indeed, we want our children to survive it, you know. And they, and they will do better as long as they listen to their parents. And that's just as a dad, that's your survival is very dependent on how well you listen to me. So now I'm going to toss it to you for a second here, Peter, uh, mainly because you're the vice chairman of the California uh, GOP. And it's kind of unique to have you know somebody in your position involved with a group like that. Would you say that's accurate? Oh, did I lose you, Peter? I think Peter froze on me. Well, you you answer it, Kristen. Throwing it to you. Okay. Well, uh, you know, I'm with, oh, there you, go. you know, with Calhoun Party is. What? is I'm going to throw it to you. Peter, you're, you're, you you're, choppy. You're, you're choppy right now. I think you're, something's going on with your internet. Um Wow. We can hear You're, you now. I can hear you. Go ahead and give it a shot. Yeah, I don't end this. I mean, my, my bandwidth. Okay, the GOP is, is pretty much takes. However, when Dave approached me about the United Nations um, 17 SDGs, he wanted to get involved because, you know, who wouldn't want to be for gender equality equality who want, who wouldn't want to be for decent work and econ economic growth right so the, the all the 17 uh, items uh, on the agenda has been uh, very attractive to me um, since I was a child so so equality you know uh, and also no poverty zero hunger those are the real goals uh, of can achieve um, as a group not just as a party in my opinion so I, I jump on the opportunity to uh, work with uh, all, all fronts in terms of the 17. And I like the fact that you're saying those 17 factors, they shouldn't have party lines to them. They, they, they're just things that as that good, a good or you guys can you hear me. I'm uh, like, you're, you're still a little choppy there, uh, Peter. Um, your, your, uh, internet. Right, man. Uh, okay. I'm going to try to somehow, if we can combine what you've got going on and what Dave's got going on, we will have a full internet working with, with everything happening uh, at this moment. Yeah. You're, you're a little choppy. Uh, now I got to ask though, Kristen, so you are the busiest per and I mean this with all love in my heart. You're the busiest damn person I know. <laughs> like, like you, you're the only person I know that when I check, I'm on Eastern standard time and check my phone. <laughs> at six o'clock in the morning when I get up and there may be a text message from Kristen that came an hour prior to that I'm talking sorry. about, Hey, did you know? No, I don't hear it. Cause look, I'm asleep. <laughs> the only thing that wakes me up is my cat in the morning. And that's a whole, cause he's a punk ass, but 
But well, you know, what got you? In, so this is another thing. Why are you involved in this one, Kristen? Don't you have enough things doing in your day? No, no, I don't. I don't. Uh, well, get, well, here's what here's what I, I am. I am involved in a lot of things, and I do have a career coach. And she says, Kristen, you need to pace yourself. So I am trying to pace myself. Okay. Sean. Um, but anyway, I fast pace. Pace, pace, yeah. Fast pace. That's that's oh. the it's a fast pace. Oh, fast pace. Yeah, that's true. See, she. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring that up. Um, anyway. I, the reason why I'm involved with the United Nations Association is because this is what it drew me to politics. It's improving communities, one community at a time. You know, like we always talk about think, um, think uh, globally, but act locally. And I really feel like this, this helps communities. You know, this is a tangible way with data to support our work, you know, and I've worked, as you know, I've worked on several uh, nonprofits and we've talked about them before, but what I really like, I, I really keyed into the 17 SDGs, which we'll talk about later, but, and, you know, like, and their efforts, because we just don't talk about the efforts we do, you know, and we not only do, and our club members, we, 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 we get involved with local events, you know, and, um, this year, I am working as the governmental affairs ambassador, um, which means that I work with all the mayors. I'm meeting with all the mayors in Orange County, and I'm going to be asking them out of our 17 SDGs, what do you need help with in your community and how can we help you? So this is like a solution based um, reason why I came into politics. I came into the politics to help make our communities better. And uh, the UNA does a fabulous, fabulous job of doing that. And it's, it's very neat. And Dave, I got a question for you. So you've been, I, I don't, how many years have you been involved in this? Only been in uh, just over two, two and a half years. So, so two, not that, uh, not that long. Okay. So, but now here's my question with, with it then is when with the, with this, you know, and, and Kristen had to explain it to me, she, cause initially I'm thinking, United Nations. I'm thinking the blue flag and and everything else, you know, blue helmets and, and the you know the whole nine yards. When you start presenting this to people, how difficult is it to get, especially here in the states? I know, I, and I've told this story before. When I were, and I'll tell it now. When I recruited for the Marine Corps, I'll never forget. Probably one of the oddest questions I was ever asked. I was sitting with a mother who was about to sign her sign on the dotted line for her son to join the Marine Corps. And she stopped before she signed. And her question to me was, if my son joins the Marine Corps, will he ever have to be under a United Nations command? And I was like, I was like 27, 20 years old. I'm like, no, he'll always have a Marine commander. But, you know, there is a stigma here. So how do you approach that to people when you initially say, United Nations Association. Right. That's a, it's a great question, Sean, and you're absolutely right. There is this image out there often, uh, especially, you know, and, and that's why it's interesting. And, and, and I'm so grateful to have folks like Peter and Kristen and others, you know, uh, uh, you know, in our, in our team and, and in our group, because we truly are uh, a nonpartisan, uh, you know, bridge builder, that is looking at the issues and not uh, ideologies and not identities. But that's what happens with the UN. They get linked to an identity. And what 
what uh, pro- part of the problem is just, you know, frankly, our fault. Uh, our organization's role ever since the founding of the UN back in the U.S. in 1945 was to help educate the community on the value of the UN. What is it doing? How is it helping us? Right. And I'm not sure we've done a great job with that. Many people view the UN simply from more militaristic terms or, you know, just it's one purpose of trying to, you know, sort of hold the line with diplomacy and peace, which clearly was one of the top two purposes of forming the UN after World War II. But what we explain is that the other real purpose in forming the UN was a a council called the Social and Economic Council. And that's role was to try to work on world problems because these problems are the things that cause conflict. These problems are the things that, you know, cause conditions of war. And so if we can help ameliorate these problems, then we've got a better chance of maintaining the peace. And so that's where the World Health Organization came from, UNESCO that works on education for kids and all of these great things that the UN really does that we just haven't done a great job of letting people know about, you know, distributing vaccines uh, globally to millions of people, helping refugees, you know, providing, uh, you know, uh, maternal health care around the world. So there's a lot there. We just uh, need to better explain it. And like I said, it's so interesting that, you know, we don't really in, in the States, we don't know. I'll be the first to admit, like when I think of the UN and I said it, Blue helmet. Mm-hmm. I think of a blue helmet. I think of, you know, a movie where, you know, hey, we've got to get to this point, And then there's U.N. troops that will back up these troops because they've got this group there or the, you know, that group there. That's my outlook on it as an organization. These other things that you're talking about never cross my mind. They never do. Right. And that's why this model of the sustainable development goals, which, by the way, is represented by this little lifesaver looking pen that I'm wearing here, 17 colors around it. That emblem is something that folks are going to see more and more. I mean, you're really seeing it at college campuses today, uh, uh, you know, in a lot of places. But that model of the sustainable development goals, these 17 goals for the world is what we're really looking to bring to the fore here certainly in starting in Southern California and then rolling it throughout California. And, and, and uh, there's some other efforts going on in the U S I was just in Washington, DC. They're involved in it with DC, Maryland, and Virginia. But as this all grows, then it'll become more apparent that we're all in this together, just working on solving problems in a reasonable way that has to do with setting targets and having everybody work together to measure success. Now, I'm going to toss this over to Peter here for, for a moment. Uh, now, now, Peter, you said that, you know, when you, you mentioned that, hey, you know, you got involved in this and, you know, you saw the value in those 17 goals. When you present this, though, to people within your party who, again, you know, I, I know from spending a time all my time in the Marine Corps, we've got that you know, United Nations, you know, mentality of like, oh, that's bad. I don't, I'll, I'll be the first, you know, we're, we're brought through that mentality. How is it received or, or what is your approach as somebody within that party to get people to understand that, no, this is, this is a good thing. This is a positive thing. You know, um, that's a, another great question. 
I mean, I, Sean, I, I initially, when I started this uh, about nine months ago with Dave, um, I was skeptical because, you know, this is UN and uh, it seems, seems to be this uh, new war that everybody thought about. And of course, as a Republican, I like, can't shy away from it, right? But the more I look into the actual goals, and, and to me, it was like the end goal of politics is actually these goals. No poverty, zero hunger. I mean, on and on, right? So, so I asked myself, if, if we try to achieve those things, does it make a difference if it's a Republican or Democrats or even UN, right? And, and I, I chose to, 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 um, to, to work with them to achieve those goals instead of just saying that this is, this is the new world order that has nothing to do with me. Because I, I see poverty firsthand in countries like Indonesia and, and uh, third world countries in Africa. We, we see them. People just don't have food to eat. And, and how could you as a government, uh, and if you have the ability to help, why wouldn't you, right? So, so I, I think, you know, at the end of the day, uh, the goals is what every government should strive for and uh, equal justice. I mean, who again, who will be against that if you're a, a party, right? I mean, this, so so at the end of the day, I look at our party platform, which is the Rep California Republican Party's platform and the 17 SDGs. It's very similar. You know, this is what we're trying to achieve. Education for all, uh, low low energy cost and, uh, um, you know, justice, no, no human trafficking, right? And the, the, who would be against those things? That's a, that's a puzzle me. So when I realized the goals are very similar to my own platform, I, I went for it. Well, now I love my, I love my Tom. Him and I spent many an hour on, on a train to somewhere, and he's a very Tom is probably the most left person that I can tolerate. And I love him for it. And uh, Tom says the entire capitalist economy is against those things. What do you, I got to ask, what, what are our feelings on that? You know, that the entire capitalist economy, those things that we're mentioning, because I, and I know his viewpoint on it, you know, all these type of, you know, because I hear those things and I'm a libertarian. So all those fall right smack dab into my wheelhouse of leave people alone, let them live their lives provide what they need to and don't don't mess with them that's my outlook on things mm -hmm. you know everybody should should have that right and mm -hmm. I, i've got to ask so and look i can see kristen she's chomping at the bit she's look at her she's ready to go okay. ready to go okay so uh, i know. do get a lot of feedback from my uh local ocgop about this um i won't make any more comments about that because i love them they just they just need to break down the barriers, you know, like there are, there are, you know, there are, there are, there are things that people believe about the UNA that aren't true, you know, um, and, or the United Nations and especially their national efforts. And the thing that is, we're not asking people, we're not taking money from ta people's taxes. We're building alliances with, nonprofits that are up, out there that are helping us to develop these and to meet these solutions. So we're working with Second um, Harvest, you know, we're working with United Way. Um, we aren't asking for taxpayers money. We're working with nonprofits to help us 
to to meet these goals and meet these needs in our committee and our communities. So, you know, we're not asking for an additional tax to be on people. You know, we're building alliances and that's number 17 is building alliances. And so we're building alliances with nonprofits and associations and entities that will help us um, help us meet our goals and help us with ending hunger. We're not asking taxpayers to give us money. We're asking, we're working with entities out there. There's just, enough people asking for my money. Trust me. Yeah. Exactly. I just listened to the news today where they said, Hey, don't go, don't do your taxes yet. Oh, Sean, can't Sean, I, I really want to. Uh, get yeah. Yeah. We just listened to that this morning. But, <laughs> you know what? Though, it, 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 you bring, it, brings, it, it yeah. brings up a question though, Peter is with this, that act locally, think globally on a local standpoint, where you know, you've you've got nine months, David's got two years, almost two and a half years of doing it. Kristen, you've got a few months of doing it. Um, what have you seen from a local standpoint where you're already seeing a local impact that you're like, you know, when when you have those questions that come to you that you can say, did you know? What are you seeing already? Well, I think Dave. You know, Dave so when Dave, I started this thing. There's muted. Yeah. I got Dave muted. So, I'm going to get so to Dave started, in a minute. Okay. So when I started this thing, I, I read this saying from this um, mentor of mine, who's a Republican uh, uh, volunteer, and he told me this, Peter, you you someone to fish, if you fish, you feed them a lifetime. But if you teach them how to teach fishing, you change the world. Exactly that is the best doing right now. I love Again, that. Again, there are second saying <laughs> giving away the food, and there are uh, people teaching how to um, how to fish. But my job uh, as a technology ambassador, that uh, title uh, that uh, the David helped me to get, um, was to actually using capitalist solutions to solve the these problems. And the perfect example will be an agriculture uh, technology that I actually was able to see firsthand in, in Taiwan. They were growing coffee using a drip system, the pH balance and detector. I mean, it was just sort of a, something I haven't seen here in California um, in terms of uh, agri agriculture technology. But by applying that to marine in Africa, teach them how to teach fishing duplicated this system you can change the world they can uh, triple the harvest in terms of the 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 the, the tomato, tomatoes they're going over there so so i think you know at the end of the day uh, to answer that question from the audience there's no capitalists giving money yes but we're buying the solution from the cap to, to the um to local which given to the farmers to triple their their productions of uh, crops, so so that's that that's why it's the first result from a small town out of nowhere in Taiwan to be able to bring their technology to the world, and vice versa. There are so many technology right that can value that we can share with the world, and there's no other ways faster to to share with the world by United Nations Association. So that's exactly what the 
17 SDGs is all about was was to learn from the locals and share with the country. So, yeah. That, that makes sense to me. Look, if you ain't got if it doesn't make dollars, it doesn't make sense. And if you ain't got the money to buy the technology or to get the technology out of somebody's hand, they're not going to give it to you. I, you know, I, I get it completely. I know exactly what you're saying. Now, David, I, I'm going to unmute you. And I'm sorry, David, that I got to keep muting you. It's just the feedback. I apologize. But um, now if I was, you know, I'm in Albany, New York, or as they like to call a small Um, If I wanted to get involved or, you know, to research, you know, what's my process in any of this? Yeah. Great question. And at some point, I probably want to come back a little bit to your earlier questions too, Sean. On capitalism, on what, what are we doing? But yeah, the, the thing you do is just go uh, look up uh, unausa.org. Uh, and uh, that's our national organization headquartered in D.C. that we do have, as you mentioned, 200 chapters in the country. We also have a number of campus chapters at universities uh, because students, again, are so interested but uh, somebody could, you know, you could just get directed to a local chapter if you want. Or, you know, today in this Zoom world, <laughs> post-COVID, uh, you can pretty much connect with any chapter. And frankly, we have a lot of folks from around the country that connect into our meetings often. Um, but it's really, it's just a matter of, of, of signing up for a group and in in an area that you're passionate about and you want to contribute to. We're almost all volunteers uh, in this association. There's a few groups that have some paid staff, but most of us are, are, it's a volunteer organization and we're not unlike rotary clubs and uh, you know, many of who we collaborate with. So, you know, kind of to that point, you just said, you know, what, what are you accomplishing? Well, one of the big things we're doing is we want to be a catalyst. Our, 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 our uh, key, you know, thought is to be a catalyst in our community to help, especially with collaboration, especially creating bridges not just political bridges, which clearly we're, we're you know, seeing uh, live uh, and uh, working together on all of these issues. Peter mentioned trafficking, et cetera, et cetera. But the, the collaboration that's needed, as you know, our society is not very good at uh, linking organizations together. And so there's this huge need to be smarter about how we work together in concert to try and be more effective at solving problems. We're really kind of spinning a lot of wheels, wasting cycles in many ways uh, when we don't do that. So that's a key, one key thing. And then we're really looking to establish teams of experts um, mm -hmm. in communities to solve each of the problems like food shortage right now or, you know, housing prices or, you know, crime or, you know, all of these various issues. Let's get let's let's organize task force and expert teams to go ahead then and, and, and look at. So that's kind of the plan going forward with this, with this whole thing. I don't want to take up too much, but I want to come back to your question uh, too about the, the capitalism thing and, and just, just say this one thing. One of the biggest things today is climate, right? Climate, I think most everybody's going to agree it is a problem, needs to be addressed. One of the best uh, advocates of climate change out there is one of the top capitalists in America. His name is John Doerr. D-O-E-R-R. -R. He's the head of Kleiner Perkins, which is one of the largest venture capital firms in Silicon Valley. And um, he just wrote a book called Speed and Scale that lays out a very elaborate plan on what are our issues for solving climate and how are we going to do it with goals and objectives and market-driven uh, incentives that are all pure capitalism-based. 
to help get us there. And it's really a worthwhile read. So I'll just say that, but I think that's a good, uh, that, that points people into a good direction on, on, on that point. I love a good read. I'm reaching, reading the uh, pitch anything right now. Hmm. Like Kristen, I love Kristen. She gets so I, excited. She gets so I love excited. reading. She's so excited. She gets just amped up about it. So, well, I got to ask this though, Kristen. So you're Nick, the new guy in all this. Mm-hmm. You're, yeah. you're, you're just getting involved. I know you said, you know, the 17, uh, SDG, SDGs. Yeah. Sierra Delta Golf. Right. Exactly. The 17 SDGs is what drew you to it. But like a lot of things, we can be drawn to something. And then when we finally see it, it might be like, man, you know, it's like that pair of shoes. You see them and you're like, man, I can wear them all day. And then you wear them for about 30 minutes. You're like, these, these damn things are uncomfortable. What, you know, as the new person, Mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're past that 90 day Mm -hmm. mark and you're still there. What's keeping you involved or what would you say to somebody who's like, Hey, I'm interested in this because I'll tell you right now, when I initially hear it, I've already told you that was my first thing. Kristen reached out to me. She didn't want to talk about the UN. (laughs) What's keeping you involved? It's really the teams that we're developing and the work that we're that we're we're in the progress of doing. And like I said before, you know, I've been involved with other nonprofits and we throw it. We throw an event. We, you know, get people to come and it's a big hoopla. And then I'm like, well, what did we do? You know, and that's what I love about the UNA. OC and the UNA is that we have data to support, you know, that like by 2020, we used to have, it used to be a local 2020, you know, because that was our goals by the year 2020. And I've heard Dave say this before, but um, in our efforts for hunger, we, we decreased hunger by half, you know? And so, you know, the thing is, is that we're working on effective, effective measures that are being being driven like we have data results on ha- on what what our results are and i think you know that is truly like a testimony in itself and i feel like you know there're lots of great nonprofits that do lots of great work but what drew me to the una was the sdgs but also the data to support their efforts you know, and the teams that are involved, you know, we have, I sit in these, we have, we have meetings once, once a week, more than once, but we have one meeting in particular, and it's the leaders, you know, in these different SDGs. And I sit there and I'm like, God, I'm in a room of giants, you know? And I'm like, these people are think talking about changing our world, you know? And I'm like, they have such amazing, amazing ideas. And I just feel like I am so blessed to be here. So that's that in a nutshell. That is why I'm a part of the well, I'm going to follow that up then, though, Kristen, because I got to follow it up with a question. Yes. So some of us are optimistic and some of us are pessimistic. Mm-hmm. I, I have a tendency to try to be optimistic when I hear things. Mm-hmm. Until I see implementation too many years of, of listening to say people say every plan is perfect until execution. Mm-hmm. Is there been anything 
from an optimistic standpoint where you heard somebody say, hey, we're going to go ahead and we're going to do this. And you were like, ain't no way we're doing that. And Dave, if you want to jump in afterwards, I'll give you a shot at it afterwards. But you were like, ain't no way that that's happening. And in the time you've been there, you've at least seen the framework or it's starting to move to that direction where you can see it happening. I think um, in particular with, let's see, with the UNA, I would say in particular, I was, I was, I was really surprised that like our first, one of our goals is to end poverty and I'm all ending poverty. Come on. It's always going to be there. Right. And I'm like, wow. Like, and this is like the first month that I'm in there and I'm like, Oh, brother. They're like, you're going to sell me on that. You know, I'm like, that's not happening. Right. But when I saw, because I've been with other entities, you know, and they're like, oh yeah, we're going to do this. You know, we're, we're, we're going to end homelessness. I'm like, you're not going to end homelessness. But the thing is, is that they have like back to the, the 2020 and, and how we, we, Dave showed us the data to support that we cut poverty in in half, you know, like we helped. I mean, that is a huge number. And I'm like, I don't think anybody else has done that, you know, and we have a when lot. Say, of- I'm going to apologize for a second. When you say you've cut, we've cut that in half, you know, I, and if they, you need to pass it to Dave, we'll pass it to Dave. But what does that yeah. mean to say you've cut poverty in half? Because, you know, I you still go outside. I, I spend time in New York City and it still looks the same to me. Right. Well. Yeah, we better, we better, we better have the data, the data. Man. All right. Yeah. What Kristen's referring to is this, the sustainable goals are, are for a period of 2015 to 2030. They're, they're sometimes referred to as 2030 uh, and the climate goals, Paris Accord, all these goals are targeted at 2030. So you hear that date a lot, right? But the initial set of goals started in 2000 and in 2000, that's when they started setting up goals. And they did from 20, 2000, actually it was 2015, not, tw- not 2020. They set these initial targets, end poverty, end hunger, quality healthcare, quality education, gender equality. And what they found with, and what the UN did globally, these are globally, they started setting up targets and then metrics or what they call metrics or measurements to measure progress. All right. And there's a whole set of these, Sean, there's 160 different metrics or measurements that 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 fall in under these 17 goals. And, and if you go to places like this, you know, uh, the city of L.A.'s website, they're one of the first cities in the in the country to have adopted the model. You'll see all 17 blocks and you drill in on poverty and you'll see what are the measurements that we're doing to track our progress on poverty. And uh, globally, what she's saying is that, in fact, as they started measuring global poverty, which I think was measured at uh, anybody below about two bucks a day, right? Was globally poverty, global poverty. Um, that uh, rate for both po- for both poverty and hunger reduced in half during that 15 year period. Now that's what the data supported globally. Uh, not, not just in our little community, right? But the idea here, we wanna take this, now that we got to 2015, we added a few more goals, mostly around climate. That's what happened with the eight goals initially, plus nine more, uh, mostly around climate. 17 goals and, and extended that to 2030. The goal now is let's bring this locally. 
So that's why Local 2030. So our, our, the site on this globally is called local2030.org. And if folks are interested in this program to see what countries are signing up, what progress is being made, uh, et cetera, that's the place to go in the U.S. Basically, L.A., New York, Hawaii have been three of the major hubs. I was just in Washington, D.C., as I mentioned. They're, they're on this program and more and more are going to start picking it up. San Diego is looking at it right here in Southern Cal. And then, you know, for us, we, we, we want to work with the Orange County groups. That's, that, those are just wild numbers. But you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to have to go talk to your chief uh, technology officer uh, for a minute. I got to, Peter, you got yourself muted. I can't unmute you, Peter. You muted yourself. Look, that's a man that knows those technologies. He's already here muting himself. <laughs> But I got to ask you, so some of these goals, and I love the fact that you're involved in, in the technology piece, but some of these goals, when I hear them and I think poverty and technology, I always think, well, technology historically has been a driving factor in some some forms of po poverty. When you think about, you know, items that get created that make building easier, that make less people have to be involved in a process. How in, in a situation like this is technology helping? And, and look, technology is also, you know, we can say technology in the environment, you know, we, we have better machines. So how in a situation like this is technology helping to drive the 17 SDGs? You know, I have a big smile because this is like, this is the answer I've been wanting to give. <laughs> um, you know, my, my wife is in Indonesia all the time. And the level of poverty between the rich and poor is so high there. It's a little bit crazy. Now, um, so, you know, when I, when I was assigned to be the uh, technology officer, the first country I thought about is Indonesia because there are... You know, Indonesia is the fourth most populous nation in the world. And so many people are younger people. They don't have a job. So the first project I'm going to bring into Indonesia is electrifying all their motorcycles. And that number is going to be about 100 million motorcycles. And uh, the first project that we're doing is converting all the Gojek driver. I don't know if you know Gojek in, in Indonesia is the uh, little scooters that they is like a uber on, on motorcycles and they also have grab which is like uh, the uber delivery you know for uber eats right so we're we're able to secure a deal right now we're uh, talking to a, a big manufacturer out of taiwan to provide them with this electric uh, scooters that runs on electricity that have a swappable uh, battery they they could use and it, it will create a domino effect by providing jobs for the Uber drivers. I mean, for the for the Gojek uh, riders, uh, they they be able to start their own delivery um, uh, business. Uh, again, we already t in talks with uh, Gojek and and um, Grab, those two two big companies, and it, it will create a domino effect of jobs to because we're we're literally giving away the motorcycles. Uh, at two dollars a day, they can rent them, lease them for two dollars a day, and you know after two years that motorcycle they can keep, right? So so it creates a, a mini economy, a, a micro loans, sort of speak, if you want to uh, put it that way, 
it's a micro loan to give them the tool to be able to make a living. And they can actually, you know, deliver. In fact, they can use the motorcycle to, to for transportation as well. So in a way that it not only solved the, uh, because every, every, every motorcycle that we convert electricity save two point ton of uh, carbon emission per year. So wow. it meets goal number 13, climate action. It means it solves the uh, inequality because we're, we're now empower women to be able to ride women only rider. Again, Indonesia is a very conservative country and uh, many women feel uncomfortable riding with a man uh, in, a, in the back of a scooter, right? So they ended up you know, taking bus and it was, uh, it's a crazy mess. I believe by providing this new, new form of transportation, it will empower women, it will empower um, most younger folks to, to join the workforce, be able to make a living um, according to their, their, their time, you know, if they want to work hard or, or not, right? So, so I think, you know, this is a test project that we are uh, working on. We should finish by end of the year. Uh, converting at least hundred thousand um, uh, gas motorcycle into electric uh, motorcycles, and and so 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 forth and so on. Again, all those solutions are catalytic solutions because we donation from UN to to implement this. We we actually uh, have a fund. We create a, a venture fund fund those motorcycles, almost like a, a lift. Over here, eventually we're going to go public and and things like that. So, so I think uh, by by combining the capitalistic um, solutions together with the technology, we can really solve this goal. That uh, I got to laugh. The chief technology officer's got bad internet service right now. That's I'm sorry. <laughs> That was making me laugh. I'm sorry, Peter. I don't mean to laugh, but when the when when the chief technology officer's internet's going out, I was I was feeling it for a moment. It made me feel better about the fact that I have technology issues all the time. But now now I'm gonna I want to piggyback off of what you were saying because we're gonna get ready to close the bar up here soon. Uh, we're we're coming up on that hour mark, but I I want to piggyback on this. Recently was working with a with a gentleman whose company has a big footprint in India and he was telling me a story and then I visit with some members of my church who can no longer make it in gentlemen the one, like the one gentleman was 96 the other one was 93 and I, I learned some stuff from the one gentleman who was in the Korean War I never knew there was a naval battle in the Korean War never heard that a day in my life and he's like uh yeah my the the destroyer I was on got hit by a torpedo. I'm like, blew my mind. Yeah. Dave's making faces like Dave. That's a whole story we could talk about. I got you muted. I'm sorry. But, um, what about, you know, and again, staying with this act locally, think globally, how does a situ a, a tool like this work in some of these countries? And India was the one that I was thinking of because the one, both of these gentlemen company in India and the other one visited India um, how do you get places that their entire culture is built on a class system that says, I was born at this level. I'm not allowed to go beyond this. And Dave, if you want to answer it, throw a thumbs up, 
somebody though, tell me how do we approach this in that act global, act locally, think globally to apply these 17 SD, SDGs to those type of situations? You got it, Peter. You want it, David? Yeah, I'll unmute you, David. Peter, go. I, I think Peter uh, would be good if yeah, his mic works. Yeah, I'd like him to answer. Yeah. So, unfortunately, that is the caste system that India has implemented over, I want to say, centuries. Um, again, this is a very rare system where, where certain type of folks can only do a certain type of work, right? Um, I, I, again, certainly, India is one of that pledge um, to to um, join the, I mean, to the pledge to, um, to follow the SDGs that United Nation has set forth. If, uh, by, you know, let's see, number, both number four in quality education and uh, number five, gender, gender equality, as well as equal, reduce inequality, number 10. So number three, four, and 10, reduce equality, inequality, is something that India government should really follow. Um, again, I just came back from Taiwan. They have S, the 17 SDGs uh, painted on the school walls, both in elementary school, uh, junior high school, and high school. And I, I, I was there, and I was like, put myself to shame. I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, where's where's the biggest country of United Nation where it's based at? We don't even see that anywhere. But no. in, in this little village in Taiwan, we actually see S17, 17 and they are not even a, the United Nations member. So <laughs> I was just um, downfounded. So I, I think it, it does take a lot of uh, work in terms of government to, to, um, to, to change that um, so that they can be, you know, join the, the, join the United Nations in that sense by, again, a, a lot of people, you know, including folks from India, despise the caste system because this is, this is America is a country based on equality, right? So I think um, it, it will take the will of the government and uh, people do want it, you know, want to have equality. So I think if, if that happens, you know, I don't know when, but it'll be great. And again, our goal is before 2030, uh, the caste system will be gone. And I, I certainly hope that that would happen. Now, have you have you set for yourself and we're, I'm going to kind of take this question around the horn. So I'm going to stick it to you first, Peter. Sorry, because I already still had you unmuted. Uh, so we'll give the other two a chance to think about it. Have you set of those 17 SDGs that folks look, you can find those on una-oc.org. You can find them on una-usa.org. You can find those on there. Again, 200 chapters across the U.S., um, you can find you can find Kristen Mana and it's M A N N A Dave Rice and Peter Quoy. Did I say it right, cool. Peter? Cool. Like well, status quo. Yeah. Status quo. <laughs> Peter Quo. See, I butcher names all the time. If anyone knows me, like we have is I have an an applicant tracking system, ATS system. I work with at work. I'm the guy that puts next to people's names in parentheses the pronunciations because um. I jack names up all the time and I have to. Or I would just call you and be like, uh, I don't know. what. So, <laughs> that. so have you set of those 17 goals, 
anyone in particular that you say to yourself, this is mine. This is the one that, you know, if in my time involved here, if I achieve this one, this is the one that I would be happy to say I achieved. Uh, yes and yes and yes. Um, so here in front of me is a list of the 17 SDGs. This is my own list. And under each 17 SDGs, I'm, I'm starting to plug in technologies that could solve each problem. So for example, um, goal number seven, affordable and clean energy. And I have this company called New Power, uh, New Scale Power, uh, New, NewScalePower.com. Uh, what they are uh, promoting or already got approval is the um, modular nuclear power. You know, size of a shoebox can actually power a whole city, a small city. <laughs> so modular I've nuclear power. Movie, Peter. Peter, I saw yeah, that movie. <laughs> I, I, saw that movie. <laughs> I, I saw that movie where the shoebox. Hey, nuclear power. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. The solution name, is uh, there. Um, Stallone might have been in that or something. Of yeah, I remember. Kenny Reeves and the motorcycle, they ran away from yeah, it. Keanu Reeves might have been involved in that But one. of course, uh, nuclear technology. <laughs> nuclear power is a lot for nowadays. And uh, plus, this company already got their approval back in October from the U.S. Um, Energy Department for, for mass production. So, again, uh, the solution is there. Uh, of course, you know, wind and uh, solar is, is still viable. for clean energy. So, so th that's just one example. The capitalistic solution can actually solve the um, to meet the goals, and uh, not only in a Komodo fire system, for example, is under goal number nine: industry innovation and infrastructure. This is a uh, material that you put on anything; it would never burn. You, you can coat it with, coat uh, your house with this uh, Komodo fire system, and you never burn. You guys need that in California. In the wildfire situation here in California. So, so I, I'm plugging, I'm plugging one company at a time, um, and, and some of the the uh, or even human trafficking. We have a um, facial recognition. If you lost your child, uh, that system can find your child within uh, 0.2 second, and it's been in implemented right now at the um, uh, British um, underground system. So, so again, the solutions is, is there. It's just uh, the will of government uh, to even know about this. And that's where my job, that's where my job coming. I, I want to the, the world government to know that, hey, the solutions are there for you to, to meet these goals uh, using technologies because we often just give ourselves a pat on the back. Great job, nice report. And uh, 2030 gonna come here in, in a blink of, we can, we can, I get at least I can ask myself. I have done my work. Uh, let the, uh, the people around the world know about the. Yeah, I did my part. All right. Yeah. How about you, Kristen? What what's your what's your one that you're like? You got yourself muted. I, there you go. What's your one that you're like? This is my one. Well, I have I have three. So oh can I share? Okay. So my first one is no poverty. I really feel like um, I was just reading an article about Santa Ana in Orange County, and we are on a climate, I'm in a hunger cliff. And the county is now going to have weekly hunger drives and food drives. Um, so I just really like hunger has been, it. you know, I just feel like 
people need to eat, you know, to survive. And I just feel like in our, in our world, in our country today, you know, with the price of goods and inflation, I think, oh my gosh, I really would like to, you know, help with people with that. And um, my other one um, would be really like good health and well-being, you know, and I, and I'm applying to be a commissioner uh, for community service in the city of Tustin. I hope to get it. Um, but what I'm going to be doing is, as a commissioner, is working with entities. And that's also what I want to do for the government. Um, my government affairs ambassador is to work with each city in Orange County and find ways to tackle hunger and, and well-being and also education. Because I think everybody, my grandfather always told me, he's like, Kristen, education is the platform to success. And I think, you know what, if you have a will, there should be a way that everybody who wants to get an education can get an education. So those are my three that I'd like to tackle. All right, Dave, because we can unmute you now. <laughs> Good. All right. So uh, the thing that I want to say is that, first of all, all the goals are completely interrelated. They, they all affect each other. And so it's really not just, you know, picking one or, 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 you know, they all affect each other. What I'm most interested in is helping uh, our community here by the framework of setting targets, collaborating, and actually then using data to start uh, gauging our progress and really working smarter. Because if you look at our system today, our societal systems to solve problems, it's not very functional. They're kind of broken. Uh, and we just need a smarter way to do it. And this is, I think, uh, a really good way to do that. The goal number 17 of the 17 goals says the only way we can achieve all the goals is through true collaboration. And I would say for me, that's maybe the most important uh, one overall is really to get everybody working together. That's, that's right and left and center. That's you know, all belief systems, that's, you know, uh, government entities working with academia, with business, with the nonprofit sector. And that's what we're really trying to accomplish here. So it's a, I have to say, it's, it's a really exciting uh, program. It's, it's really fun to be a part of. And, you know, I just, I really appreciate you're giving us this chance to talk a little bit about it. Absolutely. I had to read Tom's stuff though. All right, Tom, because you know, I love you brother. So aircraft carriers are the model for nuclear powered cities, 100%. If you've ever been on an aircraft carrier, they're nuclear powered um, and everything on them is run by nuclear. And guess what? They're hippy dippies. Nuclear is clean. Look at that shit. Who knew it? It's clean energy. Um, he says that poverty is a, in the modern era is a choice by mm -hmm. the society, not the individual. I understand the, the argument there, but Tom, this is one of those eight hours on a train. You and me can have this debate. Um, <laughs> he says education, education is a platform. If not built on the mountain of student debt, look, that's called keep the federal government out of education. And we wouldn't have the mountain of debt. And also people with Tom and you and I have discussed this many times that the only reason so many jobs require a college education is because I did it. You should have to do it also, not because of anything else. I have an aunt who was a bank vice president in charge of East Coast ATM operations who will tell you she has a high school diploma. 
she just got into the into the the work as it started mm -hmm. and then tom is so anti-capitalism but he i he makes me laugh capitalism is the opposite of collaboration tom get over it capitalism is what where we live you suck it up buttercup i love you you know that but as we do on every episode if you didn't go back and listen Kristen knows that this is coming we're going to do this in a moment so you got to get yourself prepared the guest always gets the last it's not a fact tom it's not a fact no matter what you think all right um the guest always gets the last word but look folks if you're finding us through peter through dave through Kristen, make sure you take a moment whatever platform you're listening to us with if you're watching us live right now Give us a five-star rating. Put a review on there. If it's on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, give us that five-star rating. If you're listening to the audio afterwards, whether it be Apple, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever it is, that five-star rating, it might sound like one of those shows that your kids watch and they're like, go ahead and like and subscribe. Guess what, folks? We need you to like and subscribe because no one hears this message unless you do. The algorithms are put together. I'll ask my chief technology officer, Peter, and he will tell you that if you don't hit hit that like and, and that five-star rating, the technology does not know to push this forward. It doesn't know that people want to hear this. So you've got to go out and do that. Make sure you're also checking your local, uh, see which if one of those 200 organizations is in your local area. Again, that's unausa.org for the national if you're out in California, or as my friends call it, Khalifa, it's una-oc.org. Make sure you give give them a check. Kristen, since you're the only one right now, oh no, Peter unmuted himself. So we'll start with I'm gonna leave you to last because you're you know, Kristen, we have a history. You didn't know that we had a history. It sounds horrible <laughs> saying it that way. It's a my, good my, it's a good history. Good history. I don't want my wife to be like, what's this history or her husband? <laughs> but, but we have a history. But Peter, we'll start with you. What is the final word from you? Well, I'll play a song. It's oh, yes. uh, it's called Happy and just remind everyone to be happy, you know, at the end of the day, right? Yeah. 30 30 Hungarian folk song. Like <laughs> All right. Uh, David, I'm going <laughs> to unmute you. All right. All right. Uh, look, I just want to uh, just tell Peter and Kristen how grateful I am to be collaborating with them. Uh, and really, this is, this is such an exciting program to be working on. You know, volunteer, it's kind of a, a semi-retirement program for me, but I've never had so much fun and, uh, felt so gratified uh, to not only be in a program that I think can really make a difference, but to be working with just some awesome people that can really have an impact. And uh, so anyway, it's, I'm just grateful. And, and thank you again so much for this chance to let people know about this. Absolutely. All right, Kristen, you get the okay. final, final word. Okay. Here, here's what I wanted to say. Okay. So I really feel in my heart that your life, there are 17 SDGs. And there are 17 big goals that we have. And I think that if people would look and find a passion that they have 
and that they would find something that they would want to help others with, I think your world opens up when you help other people. And I think, I think it re reshifts your priorities and we're really here to help other people and make this world a better place. And I think whatever steps you take, everybody can work on making this world a better place. Alrighty, folks, be sure to push your stool in. This has been an Earplug Podcast presentation found on EarplugPodcast.com, iTunes, SoundCloud, and wherever your favorite podcasts are found.